Welcome to Match of the Year Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Garcia, and I'm playing catch-up on some G1, and I haven't watched all the shows, but I've seen most of them, and I'm going to talk about some very specific matches and a general overall theme. And I'm going to start with B-Block, because that is where there is one story, and that story is Okada Omega. Right now, they're the only two undefeated workers in the entire tournament, and we know that their one matchup is going to be the last match of the tournament, and we expect it to be an amazing match. It's only got going to have a 30-minute time limit, which means we're going to see something happen, and my guess is Omega wins, proving that it can beat him, leading to Omega Okada 4, and who knows if that will lead to a title change or not. But what's interesting is that both of these guys had two Really very different, very interesting matches. And one was Yano against Omega. And we had that sort of serious comedy match done with Yano and Okada. Here, this is Omega leaning into the comedy and giving this really, I'll just say it, hilarious match. And I don't like comedy matches usually. There's some that can be very entertaining, but this was great. It wasn't that it felt forced. I mean, it's a count-out win for a guy they're trying to build up as the superstar for the next decade. Honestly, they should be doing that. At least the superstar for the world, not necessarily for Japan. But the whole taping of the things and then giving him the DVD to get him to sign it and then throwing powder. I mean, all that stuff was fun. It was great fun. Now, Okada and Sonata had a match that was phenomenal. It was a a match that was designed to show off Sonata, the Quick Speedster and Okada just the master. And they worked so well off each other. And there's a great spot where Sonata did his double leapfrog and then hit a dropkick. That was pretty. And then we followed that up with Okada giving two just beautiful dropkicks in retaliation, more or less. They were gorgeous. The match was the perfect combination of speed and agility mixed with sort of the impact that Okada specializes in. Overall, just a phenomenal match. Honestly, it might be my favorite match of the tournament so far. As much as I loved Ibushi versus Naito, and as much as I adored, absolutely adored, Zack Sabre versus Tanahashi. Or Zack Sabre versus Ibushi. Or honestly, any of the Zack Sabre matches. The other two matches I really want to talk about are both Zack Sabre matches, and that's his match with Yoshihashi, and which I thought was far better than Yoshihashi matches have any right to be. I know, you all love him, you think he's a great worker, I just find him dull. So dull. But Sabre, working that sort of highly specific technical style, combined with his situational awareness to be able to lock on those submissions, just blows me away. The best, though, was Sabre taking on Bad Luck Fale, which was not a great match, but it was it was the type of match that you expect when you have a big guy who can go to a degree. And, you know, never let it be said that Fale can't put forth a great effort. He can. He can tell that big man story better than almost anyone of his size in Japan right now. But he's not going to give you a five-star classic. What happened, though, was Saber worked smart. He was able to take the big smacks from Fale and then lock on his submissions. And just the way Saber sold the offense, 
combined with the way Fale went with those submissions, really made it undeniably great stuff. I think that Saber is the one who is having the best tournament so far. Sonata is also having a good tournament as well. Both of them are really showing that they are the next big thing. Juice was, but he had a couple of missteps recently. The other match I want to talk about is Ibushi just just having a match that was there. And this is the thing about this tournament I'm not understanding, is they are booking the A block as sort of even Steven. You have a bunch of guys tied with four points. And I think the idea is that it's anyone's game going into the end, whereas in the B block, you have the two guys who are standing above everyone else. The deal, I think, that is going to make or break this tournament is when you go into the finals, are we going to get a superpower from B, from the A block, to face either Okada or Omega in from the B block? And if it's Okada, they have wasted a massive opportunity. Absolutely massive failure at that point. On the other hand, if it's Omega, the re- you have the repeat story, which is huge. There hasn't been a repeat in a long time. You have the the elevation of Omega to finally where he can realistically beat Okada. Right now, we haven't proved that. We know he can take him to the limit, but we haven't proved that he can beat him yet. That's key. They need to do that now. And maybe it's just that he hasn't signed yet for 2018. Maybe it's that they just have cold feet of giving it to a non-Japanese to keep the belt on a Japanese worker as long as possible. Maybe it's just that what they're looking for is Omega to be able to break out and establish the U.S. title. But having him lose in G1 would be a terrible mistake. And he's had great matches the whole way through. The match with Suzuki was great. The match with... Uh, Tamatanga was solid, and the Yano match was good for what it was. It was really good for what it was. But he needs the win, and I don't know what it's going to take to get him to it. So keep listening. G1 coverage, both on written form and on the podcast, is going to be forthcoming, so stay tuned. I'm really loving it.